Thank you for joining us as we bring you this worship service of 7th Avenue Presbyterian Church. Our reading this morning is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. The Reverend Keenan Kelsey is preaching. You'll find the link to our complete announcements in your email. Here are a few highlights. Today we will have Perspectives at 1130 with Dr. John Prescott. This will be the final installation of his three-part class titled Three Musical and Spiritual Journeys for the Winter. I hope you'll join us. The last Sunday of each month, we gather for a virtual social hour at 11 a.m. via Zoom. We invite you to join us for that next week. And finally, at the start of the year, the Presbytery requires statistical reports from each church. You'll see in our written announcements a request from our clerk, Helen Yoon Trowbridge, for members of 7th Avenue to please email her with your full birth date, including birth dates for any children in your household. If you haven't already done so, please take a moment to share your information with her. And now, in preparation for worship, you're invited to quiet yourself, becoming still, as you prepare to worship God. Together our souls wait in silence. For God who is our hope, our rock, and salvation. Together we grow in trust. As we pour out our hearts to the Holy One. Let us worship God, our refuge and our home. Yes, alleluia, amen. Be still, be still, when we pray God 
Let us pray. God of pause and movement, you ask us both to wait and to follow, and we find them equally challenging. When busy lives and scattered thoughts draw us away from you, touch and calm us that we might wait in peace. When the implications of embracing your call overwhelm us, help us hold to the trust born of waiting and follow despite our fears of the new life you offer. And now, in silence, we continue in prayer to you. God knows our harried lives and invites us to pause. God knows our uncertainty and enables us to trust. Believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are made new. Hallelujah. Amen.
reading of the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, beginning with the 14th verse. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. Loving God, as we listen to these ancient words, open our hearts and minds that we might hear your word for us this day. Amen. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God.
one short story, seven verses, only six sentences. But as one commentator wrote, this is a gospel passage that dreams of many sermons. Each opportune phrase or visual detail or single word could be a place of entry for expansion or provocation or discernment. But what strikes me most today is the impact of this whole succinct story. It's been said that we should read our scripture with the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. And Mark gives us a narrative, not only for the ancient world, but for our own world. Consider the very first words, now after John was arrested. This is no vague tale. Mark drops us in the middle of the political heat of the day. We land squarely in a world of principalities and imperialism, political power and powerful politics, a world very much like our own. John the Baptist had dared to criticize the king. He had already pushed the limits of political tolerance by preaching repentance and baptizing throngs of people. The authority feared such a massing of the masses. Now he has just challenged the decency, the very morality of the monarch. John is thrown in prison and Jesus feels the pressure after all, now he comes into Galilee preaching the same message that John proclaimed. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Oh, do we need some good news. This past month has been fraught with political and emotional turmoil, with violence and falsehood and hatreds, just this past week, all our collective emotions have been on display. Fear, suspicion, anticipation, anger, horror, hope, dismay, pride, relief, grief, pageantry, civility, passion. Jesus comes preaching into a similar situation. Not only might this bring a sense of relief, it might also offer some comfort. We can trust Jesus for some truth. So out of this trust and authority, Jesus then demands of four unsuspecting brothers, follow me. Follow me. Is this imperative a little jarring to you? Over the past four years, we've seen a lot of followers zealot followers and loyal followers and fear followers and fearless followers. It's the blind followers that alarm me the most. Cult followers, people so fixated an idea or a game that they can no longer entertain any other option. Blind followers, as in partisan attachment to an ideology, a laser focus on self-exaltation self-righteousness, self-aggrandizement. Following the wrong leaders has gotten this country into a lot of trouble. It helps that Jesus did not say, follow me and I'll make you good enough to go to heaven. Nor follow me and I'll give you inner peace. Nor 
follow me and you shall have power and prestige and wealth. No, the call is follow me and I will make you fishers of people. Fishers of people. This is what our leader asks. Embrace the world. Jesus is a journey toward that most important question of our lives. What are we looking for? The question is not, what do you want to do? What do you want to produce or achieve or prove? It's not, what do others expect you to do? No, the question is, what are you looking for? What is important? What is it that will fill your life with purpose and joy and meaning? To be fishers of people is to discover where your own deep gladness meets the world's deep hunger. That's how you know who to follow. It is also to discover that following the right person will never be static or easy. It will always push our comfort zones. For example, we cannot be fishers of people if in our hearts we are haters of them. To gather people, we have to love them. Love your enemies. <laughs> what a ridiculous request, right? Especially because our perceived enemies have become those who stand on one side or the other of the nation's political divide. Divide represented not only in Congress, but in most of our churches, our denomination as a whole, and in the communities in which we live. Still, we aren't asked to agree with our enemies. This command does not absolve us from pursuing justice, from our calling to stand in solidarity with the marginalized among us, or from calling evil by its name. But we will never touch people if we despise and judge them. Justice and mercy go together. Both are works of God. And our mercifully just God calls us to both. This is the work Mark invites us into. How do we bind up the nation's wounds and still grow in our full stature as God's children. And finally, there is the word immediately. The brothers all got up immediately. There was such an impossibility about that. Who does that? Who drops everything like that? When I'm confronted with the disciples of the gospel lesson, I cringe. How many of you prefer with me to worship the God of keeping my options open? I can piddle and bicker and procrastinate and vacillate with all sorts of relatively small issues. <laughs> the way a child messes with food on our plate that she's not really committed to eating. My response seldom matches the breathtaking act of commitment of Simon and Andrew and John and James. But Mark argues for urgency, the fierce urgency of now. 
if COVID time has taught us anything, it is that time is of the essence. None of us know how much time we have, nor do we know how long this kingdom work will take. But if not us, then who? If not now, then when? Perhaps our own discipleship should rest in a different sense of time, one that depends more on small amounts than big ones. Whether your own fishing for people is to reach out with a prayer or a postcard or a phone call, whether it is financial support for causes or frontline mercy or letter writing or lobbying for justice, focusing on the small amounts of time means living fully in the present. When our focus is on the past with all that we have done or not done, or when our focus is on the future with all that we must do or never will be able to do, then we have little room to allow God to be God. It's when we take time to breathe out the stuff that takes life away and breathe in the spirit that gives life, then will we begin to know discipleship. God doesn't call the empowered. God empowers the called. Doesn't call the equipped. God equips the called. Count on it. May it be so. Amen. We believe in God, who draws us to stillness, where we meet the holy within. We believe in Christ, who calls us to follow, where we meet the holy around us. We believe in Spirit, who enables us to find a balance between stillness and action and to live in the holy. This we believe. Amen. Trust me.
Let us pray. Sweet mystery who moved over the waters and who stills our soul, we give you thanks for a week of relative peace, for the individuals who showed up, who have moved from the stage and silver screen into the symbolic world of our imagination, carrying our longing for honesty, goodwill, and well-founded hope, we give our thanks. We pray for their well-being as they live their own human lives. For the rituals we have inherited that speak to the place beyond words, connecting us to our past and invigorating us for our future, we are grateful. For this earth that has witnessed generations of human beings walking across its soil, we humbly offer our thanks and praise. Refresh our spirits, O God, that we might follow your call as disciples. Give us spines of steel that we might remain committed to transform in us our hatred, violence, and meanness. Allow us to taste the fruits of that effort as the beauty and goodness and peace growing within us flowers. We pray your healing spirit would be with our siblings around the world. Where there is hunger, strife, or illness, we pray for relief. Where there is cause for joy, welcome, and celebration, we pray for friends to appear. For you are in our sorrow and in our laughter. And now in silence, we continue in prayer.
We make this prayer in the name of the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Go forth, disciples of the one who calls you by name.
And may the grace of God, the peace of Christ, and the power of the Spirit be with those who work or watch or weep this day. May God tend the sick, give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, and shield the joyous. Amen.